0: This is the ultimate baddie, Miss Layla Gray, and you're listening to the OVW Podcast. Get it, got it, good. Welcome to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. My name is Jack Williams. I'm joined today, as always, by Brian Hines. Hello, folks. And it's a Thursday in the feed. You know what that means. We have a very special guest today joining us on the OVW Podcast, the star of the show, Star Rider. How are you today, sir? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we've been trying to get you on for a little bit. We're glad that it uh, no natural disasters got in our way this week. <laughs> no <laughs> this week. snow. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. no snow. Yeah, no snow, no snow. No massive rain, no uh, thunderclouds or anything of that nature. We're glad to have you here. Glad you made the trip safely. Thank you, guys. I'm glad to be here. Um, So you are the current kentucky country boy heavyweight champion i am what congratulations did, congratulations thank, congratulations. You. thank beautiful you belt beautiful belt I first time it. we've had that belt here in studio heck uh, yeah so we're very glad that you brought it by we still kind of geek out over belts <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> me for th- for me this one especially because uh a while back i snuck over to the country boy table and when it was vacant and i, I got a picture with it oh okay so i i like the way it looks on me but it looks good on you two. i think it looks it looks a yeah. lot better on me than it did yeah. on tony evans Oh, well, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, this is kind of one of the newer belts in OVW. Yes, it uh, is. Um, what does it mean in such a short amount of time? It's been established as very prestigious it has um it's
1: been very prestigious we've had some great people hold it luscious lawrence omar mm-hmm. amir joe mack the veteran jack vaughn and uh, tony evans so to be able to carry on the legacy and hope to do good things like those past champions do hopefully i'm able to do that with my run what have you seen in the past
0: championships that you hope the past champions runs that you hope to improve upon
1: longer runs i want to be one of the longest reigning uh country boy heavyweight champions that o- ovw's had
0: Uh, Do you know what the current, uh, do you know what you have to get to to be the longest right now? I
1: I think it's close to 200 days. I think uh, Ryan Von Rocket was close to 200, if not a little over 200. So I got a ways to go, but you know, I I know I can do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You are one of the more revered, loved people in the Davis arena. Mm -hmm. I know that people would be uh, completely behind your back for a long title run like that. I think they would. Not only that, but you've been at OVW for A little while at this point. Probably three years?
1: A little over three years. uh, I believe October or November this year will make four years. And prior to this championship, you were a Rush Division champion. Twice, yes. Correct. So you're
0: not unused to having championship gold in OVW. I am not. And this is, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm going to keep winning championships at OVW. Absolutely. absolutely. And this era of OVW, though, what is it like to hold a championship as opposed to your Rush Division uh, Um, championship runs?
1: It's different, you know, uh, with the rush division. It's not like a lot of people say it's the lower tier division. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot of smaller guys, and it, it is. And when I was rush champion, I didn't want it to be looked at as just a rush division guy like i can only be in the rush division like a lot of other people have been classified as just cruiserweights and they could never break through that ceiling so with me winning a heavyweight championship i want to prove that smaller guys like myself do have what it takes to hang with the guys of cash flow uh jesse godders and ec3 and guys like that so that's what i want to approve on i want to keep climbing up that ladder
0: who do you have in your sights next
1: after last night ec3 absolutely in the absolutely. overman screw those guys this
0: uh this, <laughs> will, oh my God. this will be posted yeah. a little bit after um the events of what happened but for a quick recap uh you were beat down by the overman
1: i was i was uh, scheduled to have a match with the nwa world's champion and our national heavyweight champion ec3 mm-hmm. um backstage i'm warming up i'm putting on my wrist tape and uh, next thing I know, i'm in the ring being dragged by revolver and uh joe Mag with ec3 in my face
0: and not only that joe Mack and revolver pulled quite a coup earlier in the night themselves
1: yeah they won the tag team titles i don't remember what they hit me with it was from behind like a sneak attack like those cowards are it was probably with those titles those brand new titles that they won so my head is still ringing from the title shot from ec3 i've
0: gotta gotta ask though if EC3, the Overmen, found you to be such a threat that they had to take you out backstage prior to the match. Exactly. Does that, That's that got to be kind of a vote of confidence, right?
1: It is 100% because they didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to do that at all, but they, uh, I guess they wanted to also send a message to Luke Curtis who challenges EC3 here in a couple weeks for the NWA title. So I guess it was partially to send a message sure. and partially because they know I'm the star of the show and the star of OVW, and they didn't want me to... Take out EC3 before his right. big title match in that a couple would've,
0: weeks. Would have been quite the coup. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What uh, What got you into wrestling?
1: Oh, I was I was a little kid. My first memory of wrestling I think I was five years old, and I'm in my grandma's basement and my uncle has wrestling on, and the first thing I see is Rey Mysterio pop up from the stage on SmackDown, and mm-hmm. I immediately stopped whatever I was doing, I was like, whoa, that's awesome. And I that was my first memory of wrestling I seeing Rey Mysterio pop up through the stage like that. Um, He's a legend. I love Rey Mysterio, so also, being able to also wear a mask is pretty cool to pay tribute to, to him, one of my idols in the business.
0: That's actually That kind of answers my next question there, is I wanted to know how quickly into wrestling did the mask Right, right away. Right away. It did, was... you, did you ever think about not wrestling in a mask? Yeah, I never thought
1: of wrestling in a mask at all. Yeah. Um, but the guy who trained me, Roger Ruffin, back in Cincinnati, he came to me with the idea of the Star Rider character, and it had been a character for 20 years in the NWF, which is where I was trained at. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a jobber type of thing. It was the bathroom break. If the Star yeah. Rider came out, it was people's time to go to concessions, check their phones. Um, or Kind of uh, like a rodeo clown or something. Exactly, yeah. 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 And uh, he came to me and he said, I'm going to keep you Under the hood, and I want to keep the Star Rider gimmick on you. And I said, you're stupid. I said, this is never going to work because people don't believe in it. And he just does this. When he does this, this means I know what I'm doing. Trust me. I'm going to take care of you. And I was like, what does this guy know? He's only been booking shows for 30 years. He doesn't know anything about wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. Eight years later, I'm still the Star Rider, and I've done everything I've been able to accomplish because of him. Yeah. Um,
0: One of the big... Uh, kind of things from a fan's perspective that I've always heard is that it can be incredibly hard to show emotion or to gain sympathy under a mask. Yeah. How How early into your run did you realize that you could kind of, even with the mask on, you kind of knew how to garner sympathy out of a crowd? It, uh, it took a long time because mm-hmm. um, one of my trainers said,
1: this is 75% of your selling is the facial expressions. Right, right. And he said, you're already at a huge disadvantage, so you need to be more out there and, like, sell with my body more. So I had to learn that very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And then um, that's one thing that Al said he loves um, about me is I can still show the facials through the mask, and that's very, very tough to do. I didn't even know I could do that till he told me to start watching my matches back and see the facials that I can make through the mask and that they're
0: able to pick up through our cameras. That's the best way to learn is to go back and review what you've done. Exactly. Work on. Yes. Yes. Well, then, you know, you have someone like Al there who has, has literally done everything you possibly can do in wrestling, Mm -hmm. including wearing a mask. Exactly. Yeah. So (laughs) what's, uh, what's, what are some of the things that regularly um, or maybe stick out specifically that you've learned from the uh, cast and crew at OVW? al snow doug basham these very very experienced guys that have done it at a very very high level
1: uh it's exactly that it's learning how to do this at a high level is Mm -hmm. that's what i've always wanted to do even when i first started going to ovw i didn't have time to learn on dark matches i showed up i rode down to a show one day um it was a house show just to ride with somebody because it was a long drive and i met everybody met al met maria and uh they asked me if I wanted to come down and start working to try to get the Rush Division back up off the ground because it was right after the pandemic when we were they were allowed to start yep. running shows. Yeah, it was, was a tough time. It was. And uh, they asked me if I wanted to come down, and I was like, yeah, sure. And uh, I talked to Adam Revolver, and he said, we'll get you on a dark match next week. And I was like, awesome, love it. And then I show up, and I'm on TV. So yeah. I had to learn right away, how to learn work TV right away, which was very terrifying. Not having any time to learn, having to learn on the fly. But I think that worked. Best for me. I didn't have time to adapt. I just had to adapt on the fly.
0: Could you explain to someone who has never wrestled a match or is never watched wrestling what the specific difference is between wrestling for television and wrestling for a live crowd?
1: So wrestling for television is you're wrestling for the people at home right and you don't want to ignore the fans that paid money to be there you want to still interact with them but they're not you want to keep the people engaged at home too because Mm. you don't want them to change the channel during your segment or at all and then when you're just in front of a live crowd there it's literally what you're there for is the live crowd that paid money to see you so you're there to interact with them and make them feel engaged so that when they spend you know 8 10 12 15 bucks to be there Mm -hmm. they feel like it was worth every second of it and they didn't just waste two two and a half hours of their time because they just sat
0: on their hands how are you different in those two situations um
1: oh that's tough I'm not really sure. Um, I just, I do my thing on both of them. Like Mm -hmm. if we're, if we have a live event in Manchester or somewhere else in Louisville or wherever we're at, I make sure that I go around and I high five all the fans. So I already make sure they feel engaged. I try to get them involved before the match starts. I try to like, when I'm selling, I try to reach out to them and like, oh, like they're helping me. Yeah, build up for the comeback and the same thing on tv i'm trying to find the camera whether it's a roaming camera or the hard camera i'm trying i want to like reach to them and make that kid that's watching home like you can do it star rider like get up get up you can do it you can do it so it's the same way it's just in front of a camera right for me
0: at least that it's all about the emotional connection with the audience if you
1: don't have an emotional connection they're not going to care about you they might pop for the cool Canadian destroyer that you do, mm. but then that's it. You won't be over till you hit that same move next week. It's all about emotional connection that you have to build with that crowd. Cause if they don't, if you don't believe in you, they're not going to believe in you.
0: Well, that, that can be also such a criticism of, uh, wrestling, indep- quote unquote, independent wrestling is that it's there for to move a million miles a minute, not really tell a story, get the reaction off of a cool move. um, did you have that, Did you, was there ever a point in your career where you wanted to just be like moving a million miles a minute? Did you have um, to learn that that of, emotional resonance was? A- absolutely. Because with your skill set, you, you you're you very acrobatic. <laughs> yes. I, I could kind of see maybe some of your uh, worst um, inclinations coming out when you can, when you literally can go as hard as you want to go, mm-hmm. not to just go that yeah. way. Yeah. Not what was longer. it like uh, – how long did you have to be in the business? What was a moment where you realized, like, hey, if I, if I can actually connect with a crowd, I can stay here a lot longer
1: um, I can be here a lot longer? It was, pr- was kind of pretty early on because um, that was one of my trainer's biggest things was – Roger's biggest things was you mm-hmm. don't need to do all these things in eight minutes. Like, you have to build an emotional connection with the crowd. Like, he never has ever told me just go out there and do an indie-style Match. He's never once told me that. He said, you didn't build a connection with the crowd, and they don't give a shit about you. Yes. So why am I going to keep booking you if you're not going to draw me money? Same thing with Al. He's told me maybe one time to go out there and go balls to the wall when I was working with Gustavo. Yeah, Like one of our very first times, he said, go, go balls to the wall for six minutes until – Uh, The DQ happens or whatever it was There was
0: a while where you and Gustavo Week in and week out Like putting on Bro, We were married Yeah, (laughs) We were married for like a year At one point it felt like That was kind of I guess was that around the time That you guys first started doing the tour around Kentucky and stuff as well Uh,
1: I don't know I don't think we had Started our tour yet so we were Just doing um, TVs Mm -hmm. and pay-per-views And stuff like it might have been kind of a, like maybe right in the middle so but we weren't even doing live events right together there was no need for us to do the live events because that's kind of where you want like i guess you can like omar and cash when they were running and they did chain carnage a couple years ago they were married on tvs and live events it wasn't yeah. like that for me and gustavo
0: i saw cash and omar they i i think i saw if because you were on that thing I, as a side note I think there was one night where Omar accidentally pulled down Cash's pants, <laughs> I and, think then they, so, and then yeah. they did they did the spot intentionally every night. <laughs> every <laughs> so, everywhere. Yeah, and it's yeah.
1: it's stuff like that that just you know it happened once and then it yeah. just became a. Reoccurring thing every every town that we went to.
0: (laughs) Necessarily, you you and Gustavo didn't necessarily. You guys had a different kind of chemistry.
1: We clicked from day one. The very first, uh, it was he was my second match in OVW, and he and Al pulls me and Gustavo into his office. Gustavo had been there for a couple months prior, and like I said, this is my second match. He sits us down and he goes, "This is where he goes. I need you guys to have a banger in six to eight minutes because the lob is going to run out and kill you both. Mm -hmm. And I need the I need there to be heat." on the LOB so that way if we do this match there's a need to see this match again like who would have won mm-hmm. Right. and uh, it kind of started uh, our relationship kind of started from there we were we clicked right after that if you know people always say oh where's star writer and he said and people would be like i don't know wherever gustavo's at or vice versa <laughs> They'd be like oh they're together somewhere they're dicking around in the locker room <laughs> yeah
0: those uh those were a lot some of my favorite matches and you kinda, you you kind of mentioned um at that time especially those were awesome you mentioned that that was a time where you been brought in by al and maria to kind of start rebuilding the rush division Mm -hmm. and you're it's clear that they were putting a lot of confidence in you and Gustavo to go out and do that did that ever weigh down on you I never at the time I honestly
1: never really thought about it um, yeah. because the Rush Division at that time it was a championship that was kind of being flopped around a lot and there wasn't a lot of long runs it was kind of like the title where you can show up to a TV or a pay-per-view and you're going to see a car crash match between six of the most athletic guys mm-hmm. in the company and I in me personally I wanted to get away from that because there was no story in the rush division. If there was, it would maybe last one or two weeks or for a night angle, like back in the attitude area, they'd have those one night angles.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't want that. So when I won the title the first time I wanted to um, be like the workhorse. Like I wanted that to be, I wanted that to mean something. I didn't just want people to just expect nothing but car crashes. I wanted right. to be able to tell a story. And in my first run that didn't really happen because I was off TV for like a month while I was Rush champion. And then I show up to TV one day, and Al goes, oh, you're dropping the title to Gustavo. Because he was in an angle with Damon at the time. And I was like, yeah. okay, that's fine. I have no issue with dropping the title. I haven't really done anything anyway. I probably don't deserve to hold it. I haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I did that, I was talking to Marie, and she goes, yeah, we're not too sure what to do with you now that you don't have the title anymore. I was like, turn me. I was like, it's right there. I was like, Gustavo beat me. People know how close we are. We've done tag matches. We've done all this stuff together people know that there can be a real life jealousy there and so that's where it kind of the story really started to click Mm -hmm. because maria was like i don't know if you could do it and i told it to alan Al goes you can't do it you're under a hood i was like yes i can i said just let me have the ball let let me run with it and i guarantee you it's gonna work i said you just have to believe in me i said if it doesn't i won't pitch anything to you ever again i said i'm throwing all my eggs in this one basket because that's how confident i am in myself
0: what's it like to prove al snow wrong (laughs) (laughs)
1: it was uh it was great i remember he had um i can't remember what match type we were doing i think it was it was at a i think it was at thanksgiving thunder a couple years ago we did the 30 minute iron man match and i said he wanted the finish to go a specific way me to hit me to think i won within the last 10 seconds and then gustavo to have his foot on the rope and then gustavo to roll me up as the time expires to Mm. win like five to four six to five whatever it was and we fucked up the finish. Oh, God. The referee, his hand, hit three after the time had gone off. So it was a time limit draw, and we were tied at whatever number it was. Oh. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my God, Al's going to kill us. Al's going to kill us. And we get backstage, and I'm kind of just, like, poking my head around the corner, like, oh, please don't be mad. Please don't be mad. And he goes, that was fucking terrific. He goes, it works better that way because we still don't know have a definitive winner between you guys, and that's why I turned on him yeah. that night. So... And then I did my first match as a heel, and he said, you just have to be super aggressive. I was like, okay, I can do that. And I come back, and he goes, we've created a monster. <laughs> we've created a monster with you. <laughs>
0: so you had a 30-minute Ironman match. What's your, what are some of the other stipulation matches you found yourself in over the years of WWE?
1: Um, let's See, we've done, we've done two out of three falls. Most of these are with Gustavo, by the way. Uh, we've done two out of three falls, the 30-minute Ironman, last man standing, body bag. Uh, did the first ever scaffold match in the history of OVW.
0: That's the one I wanted to ask. Yeah,
1: I figured that was coming. That's why <laughs> I figured I get asked about this a lot. Well, it's,
0: it's, it is a scaffold match kind of scenes of, of a bygone era.
1: 100%, yeah.
0: Then you get pitched this idea.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's going through your head? Because so, all, uh, all of the most infamous moments in scaffold matches are bad. Yes, yeah. really, terrible, really bad. For terrible, right?
1: It's it was. Uh, I'm sitting at my house one day, and I see, and I'm getting a call from Al, and I'm like, Oh God, Al never calls me. I'm like, This is bad. Like I must have screwed something up or uh-huh. did whatever. And he goes, Hey, Star Rider, well, can't do a good Al Snow impression, but no, they're, goes, all, like, they're all they're <laughs> all they're all good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he goes, Hey, kid, I've got an idea for you and Gustavo, and I was like, mm-hmm. Again, I was like, I thought we were done with the body bag thing. I was like, You know, I. Like, killed him essentially he goes no I got one more idea he's like I got two of them he said I want to do a cinematic casket match mm-hmm. with you guys I like a cinematic buried alive match he goes I think cool. that would be very different yeah. and uh, I don't think anybody else knew about that um, but he said I want to do that and I was like cool let's let's do it I'm in that sounds fucking awesome it'll be a long shoot day but I was like I'm in for it he goes well hold on I was like no I want to do it he goes will you shut the fuck up and let me talk like <laughs> there's one more idea that you're probably gonna love and I said, okay, I'm probably not, but what is it? He goes, a scaffold match. And I was like, huh? He said, scaffold. I was like, I'm in. I was like, screw it. Screw the buried alive thing. I was like, I'm in. I want to do this 100%. He goes, well, you don't have to. There's going to be no heat on you if you and Gustavo don't want to do it. I'm asking a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I, I want to do it. I said, I don't think Gustavo would want to do it because I think he's afraid of heights. Yeah. And so I was like, if he's willing to do it then he's the only person I trust in that situation to do it with. And I was like, if mm. we can work it out. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I get to TV that day, and I, we're all in Al's office, and I looked at Gustavo. I said, what what Al say when you told him no? And he goes, oh, no. I said, I'll do it because, you know, you're falling. I'm not. I just <laughs> I had to stand up there, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. I was like, okay. I was like, how tall is this thing going to be? He's like, it's not going to be like a cornet thing where it was like 25 feet, but Uh it was still. Yeah,
0: that was what I was wanting to know because uh, I saw the Great American Bash in 1986 in Cincinnati, and uh, that scaffold seemed like it was just, you know, stories and stories tall to a 10-year-old kid, so.
1: Even the one that uh, Al and Doug got for us, it was still, like, it was 15 or 20 feet up into the air. Oh, yeah. And I had saw a picture of it the night before. Somebody standing on it and took a picture on the way down. And I looked at it. I'm like, oh, cool. Like I'm can do. i going to take a backdrop off of this thing. Like That's going to be dope. Yeah. And I get there, and I see this monstrosity. And I look up, and I said, what the fuck is this, Al? It's shaking, and nobody's on it. I said, it's just moving back and forth. Because and it, it was set up for a TV the whole night. Yeah, and then yeah. it was set up for the whole pay-per-view before we went out there. And I was, I was terrified. I couldn't eat for – I didn't eat for three days when I first saw that thing. Oh, I, didn't, I, cu- I couldn't eat. I was terrified. I was so nervous. So that's the three days between Thursday and <laughs> Saturday. Saturday. Once I got there Thursday, I didn't eat from Thursday. When I got to the building at probably like three or four in the afternoon until after the match Saturday, I couldn't eat. So you walk out through that
0: entranceway. <laughs> You're <laughs> depleted of all – sustenance i'm lucky to get down water at this point yes (laughs) you walk toward the ring this imposing structure is standing very high above you yes you know you're what less than 20 minutes away from falling off of it
1: about that yeah i think we had whatever they didn't give us a specific time
0: i asked al i
1: was like but there's no time here what do you want us to do he goes well that's up to you guys feel it out there if you guys you know, want to go home in ten minutes? Then go home. If you want to go home in forty, go forty. Like just feel it. But you know, don't do anything too stupid up there. <laughs> and he made sure to look
0: at me when he said when he said that. <laughs> so, what what's going through your mind? Your music hits. You're uh, hungry. I'm starving. You're, <laughs> you're terrified. I'm terrified. You I can re- smell the Wix pizza from the concession. <laughs> yes, that was my thing on my mind.
1: Was okay. Let's get through this next twenty five thirty minutes. <laughs> I can eat. I can relax. Um, but Gustavo's music plays, I jump him in, in the aisle way, So immediately the adrenaline uh-huh. is already hitting. Right. And I remember we said a prayer together backstage just to like, God, make sure you're looking over us. Let's get out of this safe and in yeah. one piece so we can go home to our families tonight. But once we got out there and the adrenaline's kicking, a sold out Davis arena, which hadn't happened in fucking years at that mm-hmm. point. I don't think so.
0: Um, and this is, like, pre-Netflix. This is yes, pre- this is before everything yeah, so ever this took is off. really, really, like, a sold-out Davis Arena. It's yes. got to feel amazing. It was, and
1: not to be egotistical, but I do feel like me and Gustavo were the draw mm-hmm. that night because we sure. main evented over Jesse Godders and Shira when Jesse was in the middle of his, like, five-six 600-day run as national champion. Yeah. So yeah. to be able to main event <clears throat> over that over that moment with Shira winning, I was like, whoa, fuck. I was like, looked at Gustav. I was like, we got our hands full. The crowd just, the roof's off this place with Shira ending Goddard's run. I was like, we got to do something. And I think we delivered, I yeah. would say. It was just, it was tremendous. I'll never, ever forget that feeling, those goosebumps.
0: Is that, uh, is that the... Is that a favorite thing you've done in OVW so far? 100%. Yeah. If,
1: this, if that would have been 15, 20 years down the line, like in the future, that's how I would have won out in mm-hmm. professional wrestling. That's how I would have gone right. out. It wouldn't have been a better feeling than taking that fall, looking up at somebody I love with the Rush title and be like, I can, I could go
0: out like that. Yeah. yeah. So that you was, st- still keep up with Stavro?
1: Uh, it's tough because, you know, he lives down in Tennessee. He does. He's doing his thing, and I'm doing uh, my thing. We actually saw each other. A couple months after the scaffold match so that was really good but i haven't seen him in about two years you know like i said he's doing his thing i'm doing mine he's got
0: yeah
1: a kid on the way he's already got one kid so um it's hard to keep up but i'm sure we'll
0: cross paths again at some point you guys really were um you guys were like so much fun back then thank you really, really, really um, I, I complain sometimes about having to see the same match over and over again. <laughs> I, I really didn't feel that way whenever that was going on. And I was Thank fortunate you. enough to go to a lot of uh, OVW Live at that time period. Thank you. Um, what? Uh, what? You you said just recently, um, within the last 32 or three minutes maybe, that you say 15, 20 years down the road you would have gone out on that scaffolding match. Mm-hmm. How old are you right now? 26. So you want to wrestle until you're... 40, 45.
1: Yeah, until my body physically can't, or until I feel like I've accomplished everything that I want to accompli- accomplish in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when that's going to be. I definitely have a lot of miles still left to go. Sure. So, yeah, yeah we'll see no, what. I mean, you're very, still very, very young. Yeah, exactly. Hard, yeah. to, hard to tell with the masks.
0: So <laughs> I, I did not want to clarify, as I was like, man, he could be 45 right now, planning <laughs> on going until he's 70. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what uh what are some of the things that you do wanna accomplish? Uh,
1: make a lot of money in wrestling, obviously. Right. Um never hurts. Yeah. And then I want wrestling to be a better thing, like leave it better than when I first started. I wanna sure. that's what I want to do, is just help the business as a whole and just mm-hmm. make sure it's left in, you know, good hands for the kids that are gonna come for generations behind me and pave the way for them like the greats have paved the way for, for
0: guys like myself. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it seems like OVW, at OVW, you've kind of found um, a great niche and a great place to be able to do that. 100% I would, yes. Absolutely agree. Uh, Star Rider, thank you. On the way out, why don't you plug your social medias for us or your Pro Wrestling Tees or any place where we can find your merchandise, find stuff for you.
1: Uh, Go to Pro Wrestling Tees. I have a couple shirts up there. I have merchandise, uh, shirts, and hoodies at shopovw.com. My socials, Facebook is just Star Rider, two words. Twitter is at Rider of the Stars and Instagram is at Rider of the Stars as well.
0: Kentucky Country Boy Heavyweight Champion Star Rider. Thank you so much for coming by today, man. Thank you guys for having me. This was a blast. Thank you. Thank you guys.